Hey, it's Joe Trapel. This is Caught Inside. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Caught Inside. I'm Joe Trapel. This is the second of seven episodes where we're checking in with our championship tour surfers throughout our 14-day Australian quarantine. Today, our guest is a four-time world champion in Carissa Moore. Riss, how's it going? What's up, Joe? It's so nice to see you. This is incredible. I think you're somewhere <laughs> upstairs, downstairs, but I know you're here. This is a, It's a good feeling. Yes, and it's a good feeling to know that we're all in this together. Like, it's, 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 it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. 14 days is a lot, but to know that we're all going to be free at the same time and that we're all kind of possibly going through the same struggles, it, it makes it a little better. <laughs> I kind of felt that, too, going through the process uh, to get here, you know, from seeing everyone, everyone competing. There was just this, hey, we get to do this again. Let's go. Doesn't matter how long the shuttle takes to get here. It was just like we're all in this together. Have you been feeling that throughout all the competitors, too? Absolutely. And maybe even more so than ever, because we were all on the same plane. We all had to go on the transfer bus. We're all in the hotel. We're all in quarantine together. So it really feels like, yeah, it's like we're holding hands through this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tell us about your journey here uh, from that WSL charter flight. I mean, that was a private plane. I I was talking to Jack Robinson. I was like, we we could kind of get used to that. (laughs) How how are you feeling about that flight? Yeah, it was cool. I, um, it was, I was kind of nervous going into it, especially with the aisle seat. I was like, is someone going to come and draw a face on me while I sleep? But (laughs) no, everyone, everyone behaved themselves. Everybody, (laughs) it was, it was nice. It was comforting to like, look over us like Brisa and Tati was behind me and, and Joanne. So have cool. you heard stories of the old classic back in the ASP days, those charter flights? Did you ever hear stories about those from back in the day? No, I had no idea. Would you like, like to share some with me? I think like Richard Dog Marsh was talking. I think he won an event in Reunion Island. And the way the story goes, it was like flight attendants got locked in bathrooms, food fight, you know, like wild. So this one was oh pretty gosh. tame in comparison. <laughs> Very tame. Very tame, I would say. Uh, uh, that's the way to roll. <laughs> what are the uh, the accommodations like? You know, I can't complain. We um, we actually have a balcony, so we get some fresh air. Luke and I have already taken advantage of it, and we we were actually sitting out there earlier this morning, enjoying our morning Red Bull and doing some some emails. And um, I actually we moved the dining table to over there, so we have lots of room for activities and workouts. And then got a kitchen which is great, ordered groceries. Um, so we were able to cook. And then it's nice that the bedroom isn't in the common area. So we actually have a room, which is great. Nice. So shuffled things around and, and really planned ahead. So, so cool. Your husband Luke's there with you. Is he, is yeah. he doing okay? Is he, is he staying strong? Only day two, but. It's only day two, but I am so grateful to have his company. I know that you know, some of the other surfers had to do this by themselves. And I have to say, I, if I didn't have Luke, I'd probably be like going a little insane. So it's nice to have someone to talk to. And we actually came very prepared because I was very anxious about this quarantine at home. I did it twice like last year and it was hard enough, like being in your own house, being able to go in your backyard. And so I was like, oh my gosh, in a room for two weeks, what am I going to do? And so I packed a whole extra suitcase of like puzzles, um, board games, bananagrams. Um, and Luke and I have a little competition. We're keeping tabs on our games and each game is worth different points. And at the end of the two weeks, whoever wins um, gets a very nice prize. Oh, that's a, do we have an update on the standings right now? <laughs> Luke's ahead. No by way. One point. But I'm keeping it close, Joe. And there's time, there's time. What's on tab today? <laughs> What's the next one? What's the game today? Well, so we already played, it's called Monopoly Deal, which is like a faster version of Monopoly. And he, he, my husband rules at every game. It's, it's, it's hard. Oh, hi. There you are. Hello. I think I lost you for a second. <laughs> I lost you. I was like, totally. I was like, no, my only friend. Um, I know. Me too. We're, we're back. As you were saying, yeah, Luke, uh, Luke won uh, Monopoly Deal. And so what, what did he do to win? he's just very strategic and I haven't really grasped the whole concept of the game yet, I guess. I mean, 
You think by now I would have figured it out, but yeah. So he, we played that one. Bananagrams is next on the agenda and sequins, which is a super fun board games where you have to like get four coins linked up on the board. Um, yeah. That is awesome. I love it. Uh, have you been singing lately? You know, I haven't been singing enough, Joe, and I saw your guitar in the background. Have you been singing? Have you been writing some songs? I, you know what? I just got that delivery from Ronnie yesterday. He lives in the area, so it was the most crucial drop-off. And to be honest, I haven't been playing a ton. I was like, wow, I got to start singing more. But um, I played a bit yesterday, and I hope I play every day. Now it's like, this is the space to do it, right? <laughs> oh, totally. But, um, it's a great place for the creative juices to be flowing. I hope by the end of this quarantine, you have a new song. I can't wait. Oh, it's on. What, what have you been <laughs> listening to? Have you been, have you been really diving into music or, or have you kind of just been listening to whatever these days? I kind of listen to whatever, but it's like, it's a tradition of mine that every year I make a new playlist. And so I'm, I'm definitely taking recommendations right now. Um, nice. I have about eight songs on the rotation, <laughs> so I, I need some more. When I see you in the Red Bull Athlete Zone, you've always got headphones on. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. Is there this constant song for, for game day that is different from when you're just hanging out? Um, gosh, uh, no, I would say like my normal music definitely bleeds into my pump up music. Um, I really got into Luke and I binged watched Peaky Blinders during Ooh. COVID. And uh, one of the songs was War Pigs by nice. um, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, oh, um. Ozzy Auburn. Ozzy, oh, yes. <laughs> and anyway, I really like that song right now. All six minutes of it is really good. <laughs> oh, very cool. I'm into that. Uh, we were talking to, to Jack Robinson yesterday, and he was talking about, you know, for him, he wants to be routine-based, you know, throughout this time. It sounds like you're the same way. You're well-prepped. You, you thought about your day-to-day. Do you have, like, a strict schedule right now? Like, wake up at this time? Are you going that far? Or... Um, how is this day being planned or is there some parts that are loose as well? Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of structure, but then it's also loose. I think I'm definitely that person that likes to be organized and feel like, feel like I'm checking my boxes. So I'm productive. Um, but we usually wake up. I like to journal. Then I'm like, take some time to text and reach out to people to say hello And then Luke and I are making it our goal to do a little bit of yoga every day because we usually don't. So watch out. We're going to be super flexible after these two weeks. (laughs) Um, And then actually, yeah, then usually a morning workout and then breakfast. And then kind of we actually brought a puzzle. So we're working on a puzzle and some more games. The game marathon continues. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, some, some emails. On the it, <laughs> I how will. cool is it as we sit in these rooms that are really nice and you hear a knock at the door? Special delivery. I mean, Red Bull dropping off like these things. I know. Rollerball, uh, little balls, the roller, like loop bands and everything. <laughs> Have you already been I, using yours? I, I was so excited when the package came. Luke and I felt like it was Christmas and we like opened everything and we tried everything out. Oh, we already had our smoothie today. Yes. Oh, good. You had your neutral. <laughs> good. But yeah, how fun. It was like Christmas. You're like, thank you so much. I know. The best part is I feel bad for the hotel staff because I like they come up. I get a knock like every five times a day and I'm like, these people must be running up and down like constantly because this is just my room. Like they're doing everybody's room with like food or if we get groceries or Uber eats and then the nice package from Red Bull and WSL was really, you know, that's really nice too. So cool. They are busy. I ordered a coffee and it gave me a a delivery message that it was there. So I was like, Oh, Hey guys, is that coffee there? They're like, Oh, (laughs) we're so sorry, man. Like there's like a thousand orders right now. So um, Uh, the staff has been really accommodating and, making this uh, feel feel much better than it could be. Um, great, to, great to see that you've been using your time so well. Looks like your training, your focus, your goal is for yoga, um, but your training from being based in this <laughs> space compared to what you normally do, uh, do you usually mix a, a bit more outdoor type training? I mean, outside of surfing, uh, or is it pretty natural for you to find a nice little workout routine inside? 
You know, I'm actually really stoked because um, my trainer, Aaron, and I back at home, we don't have a gym. We we use a lot of our body weight and, you know, every now and then we'll have like a dumbbell or a kettlebell or something, but we're pretty, like, where we work out is versatile. So it's nice to feel like, oh, I can adapt to anywhere I go. And then actually it sounds like WSL and Red Bull also hooked us up with a spin bike that's supposed to come today. So um, I'm looking forward to having that. The goal for me, because I just love food. And when I'm bored (laughs) and the kitchen is like right here, I'm just going to like, my goal is just to not gain too much weight during these two weeks. (laughs) I need help with that. That's all I've been doing, feasting. I know. Uh, Which is when it's right there, it's so hard, which is, which is classic. Um, Thinking about uh, a good book that you brought with you that you'd recommend yet or a book that you're yet to start while you're here. Yes. Um, it actually, so I actually, I follow Reese Witherspoon's book club and she has a lot of great recommendations and it's so bad because I look at this book every night and I'm spacing on the title, but I think it's called the light in dark places. And it's actually, um, about the Holocaust and this girl who ends up like hiding a bunch of Jews during the time. And I just, I've actually read a couple, um, books on this topic recently and I just find it fascinating. I think just, I just, for me, it's like, how do people, how do the, how do humans treat other humans like that? But then also like in a time like that, how people can be so brave and courageous. I, I don't know. So it's been, it's been a good read so far. Highly recommend it. Oh, it's huge. Especially in times like that in history where you can see people, uh, surviving against all odds. And then you can apply it to your life and be like, gosh, I should be able to make it through anything that comes my way. No, actually, when you say that, because they're literally hiding in an attic, there's 13 of them in an attic and I have a hotel room, so there's no complaining. <laughs> oh, gosh, totally. Um, obviously, we're all here for this amazing reset of the tour here in Australia with Newcastle about three weeks away. Exactly. Tell me what you would be doing three weeks before the event if you were outside and surfing compared to now, three weeks ahead of time, how you're preparing for that first heat again? Yeah, so most likely I'd probably still be home um, training, um, figuring out boards, testing boards, um, surfing almost every day with my dad, who's also my coach, um, starting to kind of wrap my head around you know, the conditions and talking to Mitch Ross, actually. So Mitch Ross is my coach. He's from Newcastle, so I'm excited to link up with him soon. Um, but yeah, usually I don't fly to the location until like three or four days ahead of time. Um, so I'd just be at home training and soaking in the family time. That's great. So is the communication going to be, okay, talk to dad when you can uh, about how you're feeling in the lead up. And then once you get to see Mitch, that'll be kind of the the guy on the ground for you? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, I always stay in touch with dad and, and text him and, um, you know, between Mitch and dad and myself and Luke, there's kind of just like that little bubble of communication, which is super solid. And, um, yeah, it's been a little bit of a testing time. Cause I just, I love to control a lot of things. <laughs> And up until like a week before we left, there was still a lot of stuff that was uncertain. So I'm just trying my best to like let go, be present and yeah, go with the flow a little bit. Oh, I love it. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see this transition for all of our competitors in the same boat and now looking forward to a new, new event and trying to go let go of things that are, might be out of our control <laughs> in the lead up to this event at Newcastle. I can't wait as we Think about, uh, you know, the last couple of days, there's been some really beautiful tributes uh, sent to all the women in the world. But I noticed a couple of really amazing ones for you on International Women's Day coming from uh, Vahiti, from Lakey. Uh, that was so cool. I mean, acknowledging accomplishments for women around the world and and obviously really enforcing a gender equality so we could have a better tomorrow for all the women in, in our, in our globe. How good did that feel to, to get so many mentions, uh, especially from some of the younger surfers out there too? Oh, it means so much, especially to receive that from, Vahiti is actually one of my surf buddies at home on the daily. And I, I love being around her and her energy and Lakey, one of my peers, one of my really good friends. I just, 
hold her in such high regard. Um, it, it means a lot. It was really awesome to, you know, check into social media yesterday and see how much support there was for for the women. And, and just, I loved seeing women raise up other women. And um, yeah, we wouldn't be where we are today with all the people that have come before. And I feel like we're just moving in a really positive direction. I'm, I'm very lucky that I have a lot of incredible women in my life. Ah, so cool. I, I love all the posts that came through. Um, your sister, how close you guys are. I saw she had some amazing <laughs> posts as well. It was, a, it was a really meaningful, impactful day, which also took me to that event at Avoca that went down. And uh, Molly Picklum ended up winning that event. Have you seen a lot of her surfing? I mean, it was, I mean, she's 18 and she just took a huge win. It feels like she's, she's got a huge future ahead of her. Uh, that's amazing. I actually didn't tune in too much to the event just with everything going on, just preparing to leave and stuff. But she's been on the radar for years now and she's so talented. I um, I saw her compete live at Manly last year or the year before, and I was super impressed. I think she has a flair to her surfing that's just really exciting and spontaneous. And I believe she just signed with Red Bull too. So that's pretty rad. Really cool. I mean, I know you've always been dedicated to your your Sea Star program through More Aloha and seeing all these uh, young surfers come up and acting as a mentor for for young women. And then, what does it feel like for you when all of a sudden, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of them decided to leave home, go to Indo, and we're seeing clips from, you know, Lulu overseas and uh, Betty Lou and this whole amazing crew like Sierra Kerr getting crazy barrels. <laughs> Kira Pinkerton and the mental eyes. Were you, were you kind of keeping up with all that? And did you see what was going down overseas with this younger crew? Gosh, my mind was blown. The surfing that they were doing and the waves they were getting. Gosh, I was super excited for them and jealous at the same time. I just wanted to be a part of the fun. Um, but yeah, super impressed with what the girls are doing. Betty Lou, Sierra Kerr, um, Kira Pinkerton, like some of the technical barrel riding and above the lip stuff is just like, wow, like I'm, I'm really excited to see what those girls will do in the next coming years, just free surfing, but also in competition. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to just do what I can and then get out of there so that they can take over. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's crazy where you look for inspiration when you're, you're at the top of the sport for so many years and uh, being a four-time world champ where it can come from, from a younger generation, right? You surf with a lot of, a lot of young superstars. Do you do that to kind of feel that young energy to, to be inspired, to improve your craft as well? Oh, definitely. I think one of the best parts about being young is that perspective and that freshness and that excitement, that raw excitement. And sometimes I think it's easy to get caught up in the routine of things and take things for granted. And so I think, especially surfing with Vahiti almost every day and seeing how just wide-eyed and excited she is for every surf session and and learning new things, I, I, I think that's definitely rubbed off on me. Um, and then just seeing how they're pushing it and their approach, I think is just been really inspiring. Really interesting when you look at a groundbreaking moment, uh, because you yourself went through that at a young age, uh, winning a lot, beating surfers that were veterans, uh, legends of the game, uh, for a surfer like Molly Picklum, who just beat Sally Fitzgibbons, just beat Macy Callahan on the way to that final, what kind of an impact, uh, is she going to feel? with her profile, because I'm sure you can relate to that kind of global noise of a surfer has arrived. Like what's, what's Molly about to go through right now? Gosh, well, (laughs) I don't know if I'm the one to be giving any advice or, uh, you know, foreseeing anything for her, but that's, I mean, obviously it's a really exciting time for her and there'll definitely be a lot of talk and a lot of hype. And so, I don't know. It's just, I want, just enjoy it. This is fun. Like it's really cool. And, um, we can't, I can't wait to see what else she's got, got up her sleeves. Uh, really cool. I mean, it's like when it happens this young, you know, everyone goes, okay, I can't wait to see what she can do on tour. Immediately with that, expectations come. Uh, you were familiar with that at an incredibly young age. It was like, you'll be a world champion. You'll be a world champion. Uh, was that easy to, to digest? Did, did that, was that always confidence for you? Or would you feel pressure in those younger years? Um. I think, I don't know, I, maybe I was just super 
innocent and in my own bubble. I didn't really think about it too much. And I, I don't know, I always had my dad's grounding voice and him always encouraging me to just like put my head down and do the work. And he was always like, Hey, you're, you're the young one. There's no pressure. Everyone. I mean, obviously everyone's talking, but there's no expectations for you to win the expectations on everybody else. So just go out there and do your thing. That's great. And you did that with stride, uh, four world titles. And at such a young age, uh, just taking on the entire globe, which was so impressive. Uh, when you look at, we talk about the younger guard for inspiration. Uh, and I remember when Caroline Marks qualified, she, she was so happy to say that you were her hero and favorite surfer. I loved it. And she, it wasn't something she kind of hid when she was on tour. She was like, I'm proud of this. You know, Chris is my hero. She said that multiple times. Were you the same way when you qualified? Were you looking up to the surfers on tour going, these are my heroes, uh, and now I'm ready to compete next to him? Or did you have more tunnel vision on your goals? Well, first off, I want to say Caroline's one of my favorite surfers. Um, and I really look up to her. When you qualified for the tour, were you kind of hero driven? Like, were you going, these are all my heroes I've looked up to? Uh, were you really kind of focused on just being in your, your space? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a dream come true to be on tour. When I qualified, I definitely felt a little out of place, but it was like, wow, I'm here with my heroes. Like I looked up to Stephanie Gilmore, Sofia Milanovic, Chelsea Hedges, Megan Abubo, and to like be in their presence and competing with them. I think that first year, I didn't put this crazy pressure on myself to win. It was more like, hey, let's let's learn. Let's soak in every moment and... um yeah, it was just it was it was it was a steep learning curve, but it was it was a lot of fun to be around my heroes. And also just your reaction to to getting to meet surf with Caroline Marks, uh, knowing how much she looked up to you. What did that really mean for you? I am a huge fan of Caroline Marks. She's actually one of my favorite surfers, and I have a huge uh, so much respect for the way that she holds herself both in and out of the water. She's a hard worker, super talented, and. She's very, um, she's very determined and holds, holds well under pressure. So gnarly competitor. <laughs> oh, really love that. And I love how the focus is on how incredibly talented she is, but as a competitor, have you noticed any like little new school, maybe rivalries, uh, you know, outside of yourself that uh, you've been kind of aware of on tour? Are you seeing anything new kind of build? I don't know. I, I don't know if I've noticed any rivalries. I think there's definitely like one thing that I have noticed over the last 10 years on tour is just a maturity in all the girls. And I think that there is like a deep respect we all have for each other. And I think that we all play the game really well now. And the fact that like when the horn blows, it's on, but when it's off, it's like, Hey, like you're cool. And I think you're <laughs> awesome, you know? And I think when we first got on tour, it was very competitive and, in a different way. It was almost like, I don't know, you couldn't get too close. <laughs> and when you first got on tour, I mean, you already were destined to reign. Uh, did, was that, was there a welcoming party on tour? Was everyone really like, Hey, Carissa, welcome. I, I guess we got a heat together. Or was it like, were they shining you in the locker room? Was it, was there an intense vibe from that older crew? No, I, I don't feel like it was intense. I think I did feel out of place just because I was maybe so much younger, you know, and I was still trying to figure out who I was and what, where my place was. And, um, so it definitely took a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in the class you're in, uh, these days with an amazing career, I feel like you're still just beginning, uh, when you have, you know, the world champs on tour, it's a small group, especially uh, on the women's side. There's not a ton of world champions. It's a lot of multiple time world champs like yourself, Tyler, Steph. Is there communication with the, the three of you? Is there like a little world champs text feed that you're on where you guys just, you know, say what's up and how we're taking the sport in a new direction? You know, I mean, we don't talk that often, but of course, like, you know, every now and then there's a text or that, you know, a nice check-in and I really like Steph and Tyler. They're, they're great. And it's awesome to have Tyler back on tour this year. She's obviously come out of the gates really strong and she's, she's going to probably be one of one, the one to beat this year. I think, you know, she has a lot of 
um, you know, just with the time off, she's fresh. And I think she has this renewed purpose and vision and it's very inspiring. I just, I love that she's using her platform for, for good. Just want to get into that competitive mindset because four world champs and having multiple champs on tour, it makes for incredible heat. You know, as fans, we can't wait for you to battle with Steph. We can't wait for the battles with Tyler. That's the best of the best firing at all cylinders. That's the dream. For you, when you look at certain venues on tour, are there some places where you go, ooh, I've got them both beat here? Like, no worries. <laughs> is that the confidence you feel at an athlete? Or uh, is it more like, uh-oh, this is going to be crazy. I've got to bring it. Do you, do you ever feel those times where you're going, today's my day, it's over, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had more of those days. Um, I I just don't think I'm that type of competitor that would ever be like, yeah, I got this. I'm definitely more that person that's like, hey, this is going to be tough. I've got to put my head down and work for it. Um, I... Yeah, those girls, they work hard, they train hard, they're ready to play anytime, any day. So I, yeah, it's, there's never that, that extra confidence for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good good call, Riss. Riss, by the way, I love that movie, Riss. That was a couple years ago now. Uh, Were you inspired by watching uh, women surf movies when you were younger? I I know Bill Ballard made a few, uh, Peaches, Blue Crush back in the day. You were a part of a cool Nike one back in the day as well. Uh, There wasn't a ton of them. Now, age of the internet, we know everything. Sierra's dropping, all these clips are coming out. But uh, were you always looking at movies for inspiration? Yeah, I, you know, for me, there, like you said, there wasn't a lot, but I loved watching Lisa Anderson. I loved watching like the Roxy videos with Megan and, you know, just the contests that were online. I would, I would definitely watch those. And for me, I would always get so excited going to the grocery store or, um, you know, when it, just finding the magazines and seeing which girl I could find and who had like, you know, cause they're, they, they would they would come in and like little spots in the magazines and, and those moments would be really special to me and I'd rip them out and I'd put them on the wall. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so cool. I, I've heard about this movie. I haven't had the chance to see it yet. I think it's premiering in Australia now. Girls Can't Surf. Have you gotten a, a secret premiere of that? Have you seen that movie? I haven't had a chance to watch it. It's been on the women's feed. So I need to, actually, this is a perfect time for me to take advantage of that early screening and check it out. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah, I think it's really based on the 80s and, and women jumping into this male-dominated uh, you know, atmosphere and showing that, yes, not only can they be there, but they can surf, they can rip, and really uh, busting down the door for, for all the generations to come. Yeah, we, it's, I have a huge appreciation for all the women that have come before. We wouldn't be given this platform if it wasn't for them and for them doing all those hard yards. And it, it is, I'm, I can't wait to check out that, that movie. Well, Carissa, this is awesome. Making quarantine is so much better. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get more from Carissa after a quick word from our sponsors. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back. Caught Inside with Carissa Moore continues. We are in quarantine. Just day two. We went through day zero. That was a travel day. Day one was yesterday. We've got a lot to look forward to. <laughs> Talked a lot about how you're taking care of yourself, Riss. Uh, I want to get caught up with you in the last couple of months leading up to being where we are today. I know you did a lot of prep um, after Pipe, after Maui, um, and even before. You were surfing Sunset Beach a lot. And for someone like yourself, and maybe speaking for the tour, preparing, boards, time spent, and then getting the news that, you know, it's off, is that an easy message to receive? And all that time spent and that energy, where does it go? Yeah, it was it was a pretty big letdown when Sunset got canceled. Um, like you said, I mean, most of the tour had flown in and spent 
the holidays away from family and really dedicated the time and committed to learning the wave. And, and sunset is not an easy wave. I felt um, it was really tricky. I, felt, <laughs> I was really struggling with figuring out the lineups out there and actually how, how to surf the wave properly. Um, I was just really looking forward to surfing on the North Shore again. As a woman, we haven't had a presence on the North Shore of Oahu in I think 10 years. So that was like extra special for me. And to have two events in Hawaii to start off the year, oh, that would have been, it just would have been cool, you know, but um, it was a letdown, but you, you know, you, you process it and you let it go and you pick yourself back up and try to figure it out again. And then the positive as well, all the time spent at those locations, uh, turning into Vans Triple Crown, a surfing title. Uh, how, how good did that feel to get that achievement? Oh, it felt amazing. It was um, a, a huge honor. I, when I was young, uh, the Triple Crown title was something that I definitely always wanted to try to compete for and maybe win one day. Um, I just, you know, being able to compete and, you know, really show showcase yourself at some of the most challenging waves in the world and, and at home, um, you know, in front of the home crowd is, is super special. Really cool. And then so now moving on to where we are today, we're in this amazing movement of being here in Australia, getting to land here and preparing for, you know, new locations. You know, there's a lot of times, Chris, for years you're going, okay, Snapper, Margaret River, Bells wins at all those. You've got everything dialed. You know what the waves are like. It's there's no question marks, really. And then this four pack of events coming up are incredible, starting <laughs> off with the Rip Curl Newcastle Cup presented by Corona. I was looking through history and I found a result, I think 2012, where I think you had an equal fifth. Was that the last time that you were there or competed in that event or was there another event I didn't see? No, I think that was the last time I was there, Joe. It's been a really long time. So it will actually be like a completely clean slate for me and just trying to figure it out kind of from scratch. But um, that was actually a really special event for me because that was my first international trip with Luke and we had the best time. So I'm looking forward to going back. Good memories, clean slate, learning the wave, which uh, brings me to a great question that came in for you from your fans on Instagram. Quick question from Charlie Reynolds from Ocean Beach, San Francisco. I'd love to hear from Carissa if she's trying to stay in rhythm with the local conditions, even when being cooped up. For example, swell, wind, tides, watching the cams. Uh, is that something that you're doing right now? <laughs> Actually, great, question, great, Charlie. great, great question, Charlie. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, my coach, Mitch Ross, actually sent me the, uh, the cam to check out the, the spot. So um, I actually looked at it yesterday. It, it looked a little windy <laughs> and small. So I was happy I wasn't missing anything. Um, but for the most part, I think... I'll probably, my focus is just here right now. I don't want to feel any FOMO, so I probably won't be checking on it too much. And I'm just going to put my trust in Mitch, who, who's, who's a local at Newcastle, and hoping that the 10 days between ending of quarantine and when the event starts, that I'll be able to put the pieces together. Do, do you like that challenge of a brand new event popping up? Like you said, I mean, you're there once, it's been a while. So what's that energy feel from a professional like yourself going, Whoa, new territory. Let's see how to win here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the challenge. I'm trying to just focus on all the positives. Like, like you said, Joe, I'm so grateful that the WSL is getting the tour up and running again to be in Australia. We have four events. Um, my husband's here. I have a good support crew. Um, you know, obviously it is a little scary going to a new place and having things that are out of your control and that are uncertain. But hey, it, that's what makes this sport fun, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. And I love how, you know, when you bring up, you know, kind of your traditions as well. I mean, Mitch Ross for you, he's basically family, but he's that yeah. local. He, he was a longtime pro surfer, rips, bubbly personality. Okay. Um, quick reset. Still here with Carissa Moore. And I basically ran out of batteries on my computer and now we're back. So we are in quarantine, but we've got power. We're good to go. <laughs> This is great. And we were on the topic of local coaches and uh, getting insight from there. Mitch Ross, new locations coming up. And 
outside of Newcastle, <laughs> are there new coaches that you're actually calling upon for waves like North Narrabeen and, and even in the West? Um, well, I'm actually relying on my faithful coaches I've, you know, had before. So Mitch will actually be coming to all four of them. Um, and, um, Andrew Sheridan from Margaret River is someone that I always work with and he'll be a part of the team over there. But it's been tricky just trying to figure out with the COVID restrictions and stuff and who we're allowed to bring in stuff. So I'm just keeping it simple, but I feel really confident in the people that I have and I'm really grateful for their insight. That's awesome. It's uh, cool to look back in your career because going back to 2010, you were able to surf in a search event in Puerto Rico and Rip Curl's bringing back the search, uh, going to Rottnest Island. Have you heard of the place? Have you been there before? <laughs> Never been there before. Honestly, when they told us about it, that was the first time I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks beautiful and I'm excited to go someplace completely new. It's going to be great. It is uh, Andrew Sheridan already on it uh, going, okay, he, he's obviously probably been there a million times. <laughs> I need, I actually quarantine, like within the next two weeks, I need to call him up and have a nice chat with him because uh, I need to pick him, his brain a little bit more about, about the place. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it seems like a place where there's a couple buses, maybe a lot of bikes, uh, rolling around the Island. I've heard the rights got some nice air wind on it. Um, maybe like a mini Margaret river and well, you've won Margaret river before. So if it's a mini more <laughs> performancey version, that sounds pretty fun. That sounds epic. I can't, I'm, I can't wait. <laughs> With uh, the time that you've had, um, it's, it's really cool that you probably had more time to do things, you know, like even preparing for events. Uh, your boards, are, are they all looking similar to, to last year? Do you have any new surprises for us equipment-wise? Um, equipment wise, nothing too crazy. Most of them, I actually have some old faithfuls in the, in the board bag. And then I have some versions of newer versions and copies of the old ones. And so, um, you know, Matt Biolis, he, he always does such a great job. He's a magician with, with shaping and he, he, he almost always gets it, gets it right. Um, but I, I'm in love with the driver. Most of my, my choices and are round tails. I have a couple squashes and I have everything from stuff to tackle really weak little waves to big Margaret River. So um, I actually ended up bringing one more board bag than I normally do because I just don't know what we're gonna get. <laughs> so you brought one more board bag than you normally do? Yes, yes, I have three instead of two. Just in case, smart. Just in case. <laughs> That leads us to another question from Instagram uh, for you, Chris. So this comes from Matt Keenan out in New Jersey. What's the mindset for you after you were calling it off mentally for the year? This is last year. Uh, and then the pandemic hits. Is it more stressful for you with that uncertainty or was it liberating to truly surrender the year off? That's a that's an awesome question. I actually, in a in a weird way, it was actually nice that we all got to take a break at the same time because I think I was actually really struggling with the thought of like watching and not being a part of it. Like as much as I wanted to take a break, I think I would have really struggled watching the tour happen and just feeling like I was missing out. So it was nice to like really like take a, take a deep breath, relax, check out because we all checked out together. <laughs> well, I'm really happy that after this, Time off is over, you know, with four <laughs> events, typically it's, you know, three events in Australia, four is probably going to feel like consistent back to back to back to back. What, what do you think the positives for you are when you can kind of stay in that competitive motion once we start again? Um, I think it's just, it's going to take a few days to kind of, um, you know, dust off the cobwebs, but then it'll be like a really nice routine again. Uh, I think sometimes life can get kind of complicated outside of competition because there's so much going on with family and just personal stuff. And so when you're on the road and you're committed to contests, the routine's very simple. It's just about finding the best waves, making sure you're ready to go when the horn blows, you know? So I'm, I'm excited for the next, uh, next three months. It's the longest I've been away from home, which is 
kind of crazy because I'm any chance I get, I'm taking the flight back to Hawaii just to press reset and get get the love from my family. But um, yeah, it'll it'll be great. So it's interesting because I know you look at each event as basically a small chapter in the book of the tour of the whole complete year to go for your world titles. And so when you win an event, do you want that like, okay, release, let's start from ground zero again? Or do you ever have that feeling, I'm hot, I'm on a roll, put me in a heat tomorrow, I gotta keep this energy going? I mean, a win is great and it definitely gives you confidence. Um, So yeah, I think that's what's, what is good about four events and can what kind of be bad is like, okay, you either get on a good rhythm which is great, but sometimes when you fall into a bad rhythm, it's kind of tricky to break when you don't have, like for me, if I don't have a good event, it's always nice to go home and and fully like clean the slate. So sometimes it's hard to find that reset on the road, but we're praying for for good vibes. That's right. Um, Going back to the start of the year, it was great to see you kick off another great start to a season, uh, stand out in Maui, uh, and then having a groundbreaking historical day uh, in the final over at Pipeline. Uh, We know also you've been working with Jamie O'Brien on a wave like Pipe. And then always in surfing, we're comparing Pipe and Chopo. And I know you did a strike mission there last year. Where do you say your your comfort level at and uh, which wave you really love the most so far between Pipe and Chopo? Gosh, well, I have... I have to admit, I don't really think I've started a love affair with either of them yet, but (laughs) um, there's something really special about both of them. Um, You know, from the little experience that I have had at each spot, pipe is really tricky. Like I didn't realize how much that the lineup moves. And like, I feel like Chopo at least, at least from the times that I have been there, it is a pretty consistent peak and it is fairly predictable when you know which swell is, is coming in. So um, both are very intimidating. Both are very scary and both are very outside my comfort zone. <laughs> the coolest I think, part I saw at Pipeline, Carissa, was you had you were the stand-up performer uh, when you pick out single waves that were remarkable on that day. But there was the one that you had a really big wipeout on and you came into the beach, you looked at your family and you were like, I just got the craziest wipeout. But you were laughing. And I felt... Like that was such a positive reaction to, to to what everyone's trying to avoid. You were like, oh my gosh, I just took maybe what could have been your biggest beating at Pipe and you were laughing about it. <laughs> I think that definitely was the biggest beating I've taken at Pipe. Um, I think there was just like this like happiness and this relief because honestly, for me, there was a huge buildup for that event in those 10 days from when Maui, you know, shifted to pipe. I just, there was definitely a fear for me going out there. And so for me to just like, oh, take a really bad wipeout and then come back up, I was okay. And then get a, a decent wave at back door and kind of conquer my fear, fears. That was a really personal um, triumph for me. Oh, that was so cool. And knowing that, you know, Chope was on the calendar, you mentioned uh, the brief experience you've had there. So how many times have you been to Tahiti to surf there? probably enough to like say on one hand. So not enough, <laughs> but <laughs> then there are feet. <laughs> and you're trying to fit those in, in the middle of uh, everything else going on. Uh, are those trips that are strategic with uh, locals as well, or people that you've brought to, to share knowledge on the wave? Definitely. I mean, I've been very fortunate to hook up with Raymana out there and Matahi and, um, you know, getting some local knowledge and help out there. Um, but yeah, I think for me, there's definitely like, as much as it's uncomfortable, it's a goal of mine to keep putting myself in those uncomfortable situations so that I can get more comfortable. And, you know, whenever I can take another step in the right direction with my performance goals. That's always what feels the most satisfying. So I just got to keep getting out there. It's so cool uh, looking at the calendar and seeing that all build to what will be the Rip Curl WSL finals. So you're thinking, man, Chopo is going to have a huge uh, event because everyone's going to be fighting to be part of the top five before we get you know back to Southern California. 
So that'll bring some natural intensity on a wave that doesn't need any more intensity to it to, to make that final five. Right. It's crazy because, I mean, I think we've all had that conversation with our friends and our family. Who's going to be in the top five, right? Let's and, hear it, Riss. What are your top five picks? <laughs> no, I, I can't share my top five because I don't know who it's going to be because it's crazy because, you know, the tour has changed, obviously. We, we have new, three out of the next four stops are completely different. So, you know, you, you've had events in the past that have played strengths to some people and now you're kind of like, okay, well, whose strengths is it, you know? And then going into Chopu, like, I, I don't know, some people are good there and comparatively that aren't good at other places. So it's going to really mix, mix the bag up a little, I think. And brings a lot of excitement to already a, mm-hmm. a very exciting year to see where we are now. Uh, format quickly, I, I haven't heard from you personally on five in the world, surfing against number four in the world, uh, leading up to best out of three series for the world title on one day at lowers. What's your take? Oh my gosh, help. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need a lot of help from my life coach going into that last one if I qualify. (laughs) But, you know, it is what it is. And, And honestly, like the last couple years have been those intense days, those last final days on Maui or at Pipe. And it's been so exciting. Um, it's a lot of pressure. And it, I, I think that the WSL did a really good job of, you know, giving the person who is first in the ratings a little bit more of a of a of a chance or a little bit more of a cushion or opportunity, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying, but I think that it's a nice way to reward the person who's really shown the best to be the best throughout the season. So it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. Oh, especially for you with what is it? 11 plus. And this is say national titles of, from those early days at lowers <laughs> to winning the swatch pro, uh, at the CT level in 2015, when it was on the calendar, obviously your surfing fits in so incredibly well. And then, uh, getting heated, which has been one of my new favorite shows with Ross Williams and Nick Fanning. They both put you in their final five picks cause they're putting it out there. That's going to be fun. If, you could pick one person in a dream surf. This is what we do all day. We pick the venue. <laughs> Who do we want to see in that final going best two out of three? For you, Carissa, you're in that best two out of three. Who do you want it to be against uh, for what would be a fifth world title? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to jinx anything. I just hope I'm in that final. If I would say it would be super cool to have a title race with Steph because I haven't, I've, I've had it with different people, but not with Steph. And I just, you know, I adore her. I think she's amazing. Yeah. How cool to be with Steph because there's been on and off years with who your rival is at the end of the season and how, how rewarding that would be, um, to be with Steph at that final series. Yeah, that would be really cool. But like I said, anything can happen. I just would be happy to make it to the finals day. And uh, there's a lot of incredible ladies out there who are working really hard to be that in that number one spot at the end of the year. So, you know, Caroline Marks, Lakey Peterson, Tatiana, you know, I could probably list the whole the whole top 17. <laughs> Which is uh, just a testament to how incredible this group is, uh, this top 17 this season. Love that answer. Uh, Carissa, it's time for your quarantine quiz. Uh, you've been an amazing guest today. Now some fun. Uh, well, first, I think we've gotten into this a little bit. How many boards did you bring with you to Australia? I brought 15 boards. Perfect. Did you reach out to anyone for advice before coming into quarantine? Who and... If they were, if you did ask, who were they? Um, I actually, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, I was definitely keeping tabs on all the Australians that had done the quarantine previously. And, you know, I was, I saw that Bronte and her dad were playing tennis. And so I actually brought some, a pickleball set for Luke and I, um, I also was watched Sally making her own meals with, with, uh, the hot water maker. And so I actually texted Sal. I said, hey, I'm super anxious about this quarantine. Do you have any advice? How do I get workout equipment? How's the food? And uh, she was she was super positive about it. And she's like, you could do this, Riss. You got, totally got this. Um, but yeah, I um, yeah, Sally, Sally was my go to girl. 
I love it. Uh, three <laughs> of your three of your must haves for quarantine. Three of my must haves for quarantine: my husband, uh, my journal, and my phone because it keeps me connected with people. And there's other things you can do with it too. <laughs> love it. Uh, biggest goals that you have, just not for the whole Aussie leg, but for quarantine. Quarantine goals. Quarantine goals, um, to stay sane, um, to have fun. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I'd like to not get too fat. I think I'll just keep it to that for now. That was good. That was good. And now for your final charter flight trivia no pressure but jack robinson nailed his trivia answer yesterday 11 nationalities on the charter flight he guessed that i don't know how he did it so your charter flight trivia how many surfboards were checked in to the wsl charter flight okay so to be completely transparent here joe i got the email ahead of time this morning at 5 30 a.m when i woke up and i was like babe we got to figure this out. <laughs> so we did the math. Okay, let me let me just bring it up real fast. Okay. Oh, good, good. <laughs> our tally, our, it was a team effort. Our tally was 84 boards. On the entire flight? Yeah. 522. What? Board, <laughs> wait, board bags or actual boards? Surfboards. Oh, were actual, you going? Were you going bags? I was going bags. I was even counting the bags that were taped up. That's oh, how. Like, oh, got you. You know what? Ah. I'm gonna have to follow up with you because you deserve. If you're right, <laughs> that that should count. So, 522 <laughs> individual surfboards, but uh, we will. Let's see. Five yeah. times 84. Wait a second. How's the math on this, Carissa? <laughs> Don't ask me. Bags. I'm so bad at math. Okay, we'll, we'll figure that one out. So we'll have a final update for you. But Carissa, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Uh, you've made day two of my quarantine incredibly special. And uh, hey, we're around. If uh, Luke and yourself need someone else in these uh, games, please give me a bite. <laughs> Sounds good, Joe. Thank you for making my morning, making me smile. It's been fun to chat with you. And we only have 12 more days to go. 12 more days and counting. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to the second episode of Caught Inside, where we take you inside the Australian quarantine with our championship tour surfers. We're dropping a new episode every other day. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you got something you want to hear from our guest, hit me up on Instagram at Joe Turpel. We'll see you next time.